Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. the course of our series on the Wizard of Oz. And so far, Dorothy has landed in Oz, realized she's not in Kansas anymore, has found her allies, the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and the Lion. And like all important stories, we, we get these on multiple levels. So you can think about these three as her allies, that you can't walk through the world alone, that you need others. Or you can think about them as aspects of the self, the, the mind, the intuition, the heart, the courage. What, however you think about it, she's got it all together. And now she's on her path. She's on the yellow brick road. She's moving in the direction of her purpose, which in this moment is to get to the wizard so that she can get home. We all have in our lives something that we think of as our purpose, that we are in the midst of doing. And as we are on the way with that purpose, sometimes or maybe always, we get waylaid. We have an energy of, of the saboteur, the saboteur within us that stops us on our way. In the story, it is the wicked witch who sees Dorothy and her friends making progress and says, oh no, this will not be happening. I can put a stop to this. And so she casts a spell of something beautiful, a field of poppies. I mean, think about that. Wouldn't you love to lie down in a field of poppies? So it, it represents something that's just really, ooh, I want that. Yeah, I, I want that purpose, but ooh, this shiny thing over here. I want this more right now. And as they enter this field of distraction, they go to sleep. Now, not all of them, though. Only the ones with animal bodies, the human, the dog, and the lion. They're the ones that are susceptible to this because the animal part of our nature has desires. And so we are distracted. But luckily, there is more going on for her than just her animal nature. So even though she falls asleep, the scarecrow, that, that mind part, and the tin man, the heart, wake her up. And she also has what's represented as the higher power, the, whether you think of it as an angelic force or just the higher knowing. But the, the gentle snow begins to fall through the interve intervention of Glenda. So what that says to us is that as we go down in the direction of our purpose, we will be distracted. 
If that has happened to you along the way, stop the self-flagellating because join the club. It happens to all of us. You, we will be distracted. And the way that we insure ourselves against that being a fatal sleep from which we never wake is that we surround ourselves with a spiritual community. Those that will wake us when we start to drift off to sleep. We establish practices that keep us connected to our hearts. We pay attention to our intuition. We, we train ourselves to listen to the signals. And if we do those things, then when we get distracted, we will have the opportunity to wake up and get back on course and keep walking down that yellow brick road. Whatever ours is to walk upon. It's important that we remember this because these are times of great change and importance in our collective evolution. And we are here on purpose to be agents of awakening, to ensure that love is embedded in the fabric of our world by expanding our hearts. And we can't do that if we're asleep. We have to awaken. That's why our mission statement is awaken in spiritual consciousness. Awake, awake, awake. We have to do that. We have to think about what is our purpose Purpose is a, a confusing topic. I can't tell you how many people have asked me over the years, well, I don't know what my purpose is. And it's because we confuse it often with job. And it may be a job, but it may not be. It may be something else that is our purpose, that, that is what we are here to do. I mean, on a core level, it's love and Beyond that, there may be something more that a particular shade of the rainbow of love, how we're going to do that. And a way to think about that is, what, what is the world asking for? Is there a problem out there that you have passion about? Edwina Gaines, who's a unity minister, she decided at some point that she was going to take responsibility for shifting the consciousness of the planet around prosperity. She's not playing small. But that was what she wanted to focus on, was prosperity. I was just listening to something on NPR yesterday about this guy from Canada who's created some app that got funding for, I think it's called Shopping Cart. I don't know. Some, it's something where if you hate to do your grocery shopping, there is an app for you. And the reason there is an app for you is because he hated it. As a kid, he, you know, he'd get drug along to the store, and he lived in Canada where it was cold a lot. And so he remembers things like his, his hands holding the grocery 
bags because he had to take the bus home and the hands were freezing holding these groceries. He hated every single aspect of grocery shopping. And so he created an app for those like him who didn't want to go to the grocery store that they could fill out what they wanted and somebody else would do that for them. And it actually ended up, he said, other apps he's invented and told his friends about, they said, all right, we'll help you out, we'll use the app. But this one, he, they really liked the idea. They used the app and they told their friends and it just spread and got very successful. But it started out with passion. He had a passion to solve a problem. So you might think about of all the things that are going on in the world, what really touches your heart? Because our hearts need to be activated. There's a, a quote in this book that I really loved from Meister Eckhart, who was a mystic from the Middle Ages. He says, we are not really alive until we have borne the gift back into the Godhead. Whatever has proceeded from the Godhead comes to life or receives its being only the moment when it gazes back toward him. The circuit must be completed. Man ought to be flowing out into whatever can receive him. So, forgetting the the language of the Middle Ages of a God and a hymn. Just think about that as what we come from, the source of all being that we come from. We have to complete that circuit and be flowing back toward that. We have to be giving of ourselves in a way that has meaning to us. We have to be generous and passionate and thankful. That's the other thing that we need to be doing. So we're all fresh off of Thanksgiving, which is this national holiday for gorging and giving thanks. <laughs> but it's also about community. I know for me, and I hope for you, when we gather around our table at home, we talk about our year. We talk about what are you grateful for? And it's just such a rich thing to spend time talking about that. We have to immerse ourselves in gratitude. This, this summer, I did a, um, a midweek gathering on the subject of gratitude. And one of the questions was, what is your gratitude practice? And I thought, you know, I don't really have one. I mean, I'm grateful a lot, but I don't have a practice. And so I started with a group of three other women that are important in my life. We, we started doing this texting every morning um, of three things that we're grateful for. And so we've pretty much, get, we did it solid every day for 30 days. That was the agreement. And then we decided we liked it so much we were going to keep going. And so we're a little bit looser about, is it every single day? Not always, you know, but, but we continue to do it. And it, it's so wonderful. And the way that it has bound us together, I mean, we were already close anyway, but it, it just has enriched 
that connection. So if that's something that appeals to you, I encourage you to find a buddy or two and do that. But if not that, do something. Gratitude doesn't just automatically happen. Our minds, you may have read this, are really wired for negativity in, in that we are wired to notice what's wrong. So if you find yourself being negative or complaining, give yourself some mercy because that's how your mind is wired. But you can counteract that by actively appreciating. One of the people that I studied with at one point was saying that they have found that relationships thrive when there is a ratio of five times appreciation to one time of criticism. I, I don't think it's a requirement that there be criticism in relationships. It's just that because our minds are wired for that, there will be. We will notice things and we will have to say them. But if we consciously, with our important relationships, are looking for ways to appreciate it, it, it will make those relationships thrive. And even in other situations, you know, the checkout person, when you're going to the store, can you appreciate that person? It's so easy to do. You know, whether it's they're wearing a pretty scarf or they were so efficient with your groceries or they smiled while they did it, you know, whatever it is, look for ways to let that energy flow, that energy of gratitude. It's a generous thing to do, to share that appreciation wherever you go. These are the things that keep us from remaining asleep and get us back on track. In my spirit group this year, we were um, doing the four agreements, and Don Miguel Ruiz talks about living in a dream, that the agreements that we make create a dream. And the dream, in essence, we are asleep. We are making these assumptions about reality that are not actually shared by everyone, or in some cases are shared by many, but to our disadvantage. So in the song that Victor was singing, it, it's about this dream, and maybe we wake. We want to wake. We need to wake. We need to pull in all of our allies and surround ourselves with those who will remind us when we forget to wake, to be the love that we can be, to live in gratitude and generosity and purpose. That's why we are here. So this week, let's go forward and do that as much as we can.